Welcome into the Jaguars Broadcast Week in Review podcast presented by TIAA Bank. J.P. Shadrick with you, and today is Friday, November 6th. We're in the midst of Week 9, and coming up, reaction to the change at quarterback, a look at the Houston Texans, and Doug Marone explains his conversation with the team after COVID-19 spikes around the NFL. Let's start with the biggest news of the week, the change at quarterback. Over the bye week, word came that quarterback Gardner Minshew had been playing for a few weeks with an injured thumb on his throwing hand. Monday, head coach Doug Marone spoke for the first time since that report and explained the situation regarding Minshew. You know, after the, the, the game, we played the game, and they said, you know, hey, his uh, thumb, thumb is sore or thumb is hurt, you know, so you don't really think much of it, you know. And then the next day came in, and they said it was swollen, and then they were going to get x-rays, so that was Tuesday. You know, Tuesday night, you know, we find out, you know, he has an injury to his right thumb. So uh, the plan is to try to get him back to 100%, and I see him being inactive this weekend. There was part of the report out there that Gardner originally got hurt on October 11. Is that the case? And if so, is he going to face any discipline for basically hiding an injury from you guys for several weeks? I talked to Gardner about that. I, I didn't find out. I found out from the, the trainers and doctors about that first, you know, you know, I guess on Tuesday night or Wednesday, I can't recall, you know, which day. So, you know, I think, you know, my emotion was, you know, at first, you know, there's, there's a little level of, you know, of, of frustration, you know, and accountability, you know, when, when someone is injured, they, you know, obviously should report it. And then you know, kind of go back and you see, you know, did you see anything that, you know, might've given, given you the indication, you know, I talked to Ben McAdoo, I talked to Jay, you know, we didn't see anything. And then when Gardner came in, I just talked to him. I said, you know, I can understand, you know, one, you know, if you're injured, you need to report it. You have to report it. I said, two, it's not like I don't understand, you know, the competitiveness in you where, you know, you want to continue to play. And I said, but you got to make smart decisions and decisions. That's what's best for the team. And, and, and that was it. So I don't think I'm going to get involved with, you know, at least from my standpoint of any disciplinary measure, uh, just trying to learn and make sure the players understand that if you are injured, you know, it can hurt the team and it can hurt yourself. Uh, even though we appreciate the competitiveness, you know, that, that you all have that, you know, it's um, in your best interest to make sure you report it. And this way, you know, we don't put someone out there that's not, that's, that's not re- really 100%. On Jaguars Happy Hour Monday afternoon, Pete Prisco, Tony Baselli, and I reacted to Marone's announcement that six-round rookie Jake Luton will get the reps and play this week. You know, just go in there and see if he can operate and see how he plays against a live rush. I know how he plays, you know, with a without uh, a live rush. You know, he's done some good things, and I'm sure there'll be some things that he wants to take back, and you just hope the, the good plays are good and the bad plays don't kill you. Ain't that the truth? Uh, Pete Prisco, Tony Baselli joining us now on Jaguars Happy Hour. How about that, Pete? He, lo- he looks enthused about everything. <laughs> Boy, I, I'm excited. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, by the way, we got a quarterback change. If he plays well, he plays well. If you got a right. Oh, my God. What was that? That's Doug. Uh, sorry. Yeah. I didn't mean to laugh, but I couldn't. I mean, um, yeah, I mean, it, Jake Luton time, baby. And Doug did. I mean, one thing he said wasn't with a lot of enthusiasm. He's right. I mean, you have no idea what this kid can do. I mean, think about what we saw last night from Ben DiNucci, who is a seventh round pick, third string quarterback, had no reps, barely any reps in camp, probably, no OTAs at all, no preseason snaps, getting limited reps all of uh, in practice and preparation for the early season games. At least he got some more reps because he was the backup one week behind Andy Dalton. 
I mean, Jake Luton has had no reps. I mean, tell me the last time, Pete. I mean, you know how the NFL works. He worked with the first team offense um, before this week. Uh, never. Never. Like, he's never had a rep not preparing for the game plan. I mean, he's in the meetings, but he's, he's running scout team. He's the third quarterback. He is not getting any real reps until this week. And by the way, they're off today, or maybe they came in today. They're off tomorrow. He'll have, like, two days of full, like, on-the-field prep. They didn't work at all during the I'm pretty week. sure. I'm pretty sure the new CBA, you're not, like, the whole week's off. Yeah, I don't think they were on the field. I think right. there were meetings earlier in the week, yes. That's right. Yeah, meetings, but, I mean, come on. I mean, we're asking so, this kid to come, so come in with what zero you're not reps. Asking, what are you asking him to do? You can't expect anything from him. Whatever you get is great. That's my point. That's my point. But it's better than starting Mike Glennon. I don't disagree with you, Pete. I'm just saying, as much as, like, I think maybe Doug could have shown a little more enthusiasm at the press That's, conference. I give you but, that one. But he's right. Like, what, like, I, like, you hope the good ones are good and the bad ones don't kill you. I, now, he's right. Jaguars Happy Hour airs Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday on Jaguars.com. The Monday and Thursday shows on 1010XL AM radio in Jacksonville. Later in the week, we heard from Luton himself, fired up for the opportunity, of course, and he reflected on a winding college path to get to the NFL. Coach Marone called me in uh, late last week and uh, told me the news, said to get ready, and, and they were excited for me. Uh, talked to Coach Gruden and, and McAdoo, and, uh, you know, I'm excited. I can't wait to get out there and get to get to just play football, get to be out there with the guys, and, and I'm real fired up. Yeah, I mean, it's something that I've always dreamed of, you know, since I was a little kid, and, and it's something I've always, you know, really strived for, you know, battled through some things, and, and you know, I've had my journey just like, you know, everyone else has, and so uh, it's something I take pride in, you know, the journey that I've had and, and the road it took to get here, and, and uh, like I said, I'm just excited. I'm proud to be here and, and ready to get out there and, and play for the Jags. Offensive coordinator Jay Gruden knows the challenge that lies ahead this week for Luton. Unfortunately, it's not going to be easy for a rookie first game. I had to take a lot of reps with the first team. In fact, I don't think he's called a play, one of our plays in the huddle since training camp. So uh, it will not be easy for him. Uh, it's his job to be prepared uh, mentally, uh, make sure he goes through the right progressions, handles himself in protections, gets the ball deep to James Robinson when he hands it off, and does things right, what he's been taught this whole process. So it's going to be a great challenge for him, but uh, we feel good about his demeanor, his work ethic. We feel like he's mentally prepared. Uh, but now we just have to wait and see. But uh, we'll do the best we can to uh, make it as easy as possible for him. But it never is. <laughs> Marone said Wednesday that Luton has all the traits you want in a rookie, and they liked what he did back in training camp. So far, it doesn't seem to be too big for him, at least not yet. He doesn't act like a rookie, meaning he's not a star, starry-eyed guy. You know, he just kind of came in and went to work. You know, six-round draft pick, um, just working hard and really went about things you know, professionally and, you know, because of uh, where we were in training camp, you know, his reps were, were limited. I wouldn't say they were, you know, over the top, uh, but they but they were good. You know, they were, you know, he was doing what we asked. When we return, kicker Josh Lambeau discusses his return after a hip injury. Former Jags and Texans receiver Cecil Shorts III explains the state of the Houston Texans. Plus, Doug Marone explains his conversation with the football team after the COVID-19 spikes around the NFL. All that after this. Jags fans, TIAA Bank is ready to be your home team for home lending. Whether you're looking to buy a new home or refinance your current one, we have the nationwide expertise in competitive rates, along with a wide range of mortgage solutions to help you achieve your home lending goals. Team up with a TIAA Bank mortgage expert today. Visit TIAABank.com slash lending team. 
TIAA Bank is a division of TIAA FSB, Equal Housing Lender, and the official bank of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Welcome back to the Jaguars Broadcast Week in Review podcast presented by TIAA Bank. Be sure to tune in Sunday to Jags at Home, an interactive second screen experience on Jags game days featuring Ashlyn Sullivan and Eric Dunn. Each Sunday, you'll have a chance to win $10,000 in cash and prizes. Visit jagsathome.com for more information on how you can play and you can win. One of the early season issues for the Jaguars was in the kicking game. Josh Lambeau suffered a hip injury early, and then all heck broke loose the next few weeks with a revolving door of kickers. Lambeau returned in L.A. before the bye week, and Ashwin Sullivan caught up with him on Instagram Live this week. Uh, fine enough. I think well enough. You know, I played my my whole one down in Los Angeles, and um, I think a lot of people are still like, when are you getting back? It's like, ah, no, I'm back. I just wasn't <laughs> utilized very much last week. Uh, two weeks ago now, whenever it was. Um, yeah, I'm good. I'm ready to roll. Um, hip feels good. Yeah, I've been I've been practicing for a few weeks now. I didn't really take a bye week off because I needed to try and get my reps back up and um, and get my conditioning back. But I feel good. I'll kick and practice tomorrow, and uh, I'll. Uh, I mean, assuming everything stays the same, then I'll be out there on Sunday. Great to hear it. And you mentioned you uh, had to get some extra reps in in the bye week. So no time for fun, no little trips, no nothing? No. Uh, the last two years, I've missed, what, three kicks in two years? And two of those kicks came the week following the bye week. Ugh. And so I'm just not really going <laughs> to take, take that week off anymore. I don't blame you. I don't blame you. There's a pattern there. Yeah. Ashland has a player in the hot seat each week on the Jaguars' Instagram page. Now to this week's opponent, the Houston Texans. They're 1-6 with their only win of the season over the Jags back in Week 5. In a preview of an interview that will air on the Public Shellgate Show Sunday, former Jaguars and Texans receiver Cecil Shorts III, now a sports radio analyst in Houston covering the Texans, explains the mindset of the organization now after the firing of Bill O'Brien and not making significant moves at the trading deadline. Romeo Cornell and the organization Kyle McNair and those guys, they think they're better than what they are. So they're trying to do the best they can with what they have. There's, they still have a, a, a flicker of hope <laughs> that they can turn this thing around. But to be honest, when you got number four back there and you got some guys, some guys that can make plays on the offense, I understand where they're coming from. But the state of the franchise is they still have hope. They're still going to fight. They're still trying to win. The full conversation with Cecil Shorts the third, available on podcast later this week and Sunday morning on the Public's Tailgate Show. On Jags Drive Time Thursday morning, Houston Texans writer Drew Doherty joined Ashlyn Sullivan, John Osher, and Brian Sexton and was asked about the feel inside the building since the change at the top. Drew, the Texans made the coaching change right before the Jaguars game. They beat the Jaguars. Overall in the three games, have you seen a different team? Is there anything you hang your hat on that worked out of that, if you will? Yes and no. I mean, there was and there has been a certain uh, certain more looseness in the building than there was when Bill O'Brien was around. Guys are playing a little bit more free. The offense, I think, opened up a little bit more because now it's Sean Watson's offense, as well as offensive coordinator Tim Kelly. You know, at times, Bill O'Brien would, would come in late and kind of uh, leave his fingerprints on, on what's going on. He'd call plays. There was always kind of a back and forth there, and that was, that was the case for the entirety of his tenure here. Yeah, they beat the Jaguars that first game, and then the defense could do nothing against the Titans. They came up with a few stops, but uh, or, or a few takeaways, but late in that game, Texans score a touchdown, take the lead to go up by seven, and they went for two, 
because they wanted to slam the door. They didn't think that they could stop a the tie getting another touchdown and B getting a two point conversion. So they went for two to go up by nine. It failed. Tennessee went down the field like they knew they could, got the extra point, kicked it, you know, went to overtime, and then they they won the coin toss. Texans never saw the ball. So Deshaun Watson left the field with a seven point lead and never saw the ball again, even into overtime. And then they played horribly against against Green Bay. I mean, a lot it's gonna happen against Aaron Rodgers, but this defense just going against a, a Hall of Fame quarterback, it just it's not gonna go well for them. Jags drive time here is Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday mornings on Jaguars social channels. Now to the Doug Marone Show Thursday night. COVID-19 cases are popping up all over the NFL, it seems like, lately. The Jags had their practice squad affected a couple weeks back. The Texans will not have three linebackers on the trip this week. One was positive, and two more are out due to contact tracing, including Whitney Merciless. For head coach Doug Marone, the conversation never stops with the team about remaining vigilant. Marone also discussed the field conditions at TIAA Bank Field this week with the Florida-Georgia game the day before. Is it one of those situations where you're you're constantly reinforcing the issues with your players about being really focused on all the different things that they can do to make sure that they are available and teammates be uh, are available and that the team can play, et cetera? I mean, is that something that's a, kind of a constant? Yeah, I would I would say that probably for the last couple of weeks, Jeff, and early on it was probably at least twice a week. You know what I'm saying? That that we would address that. But it's kind of become um, like we're almost conditioned now as a team where, you know, every time I have a team meeting, you know, we're going to start off with with something about COVID, you know, about the the protocols in place. Uh, I'll give you an example. Um, We know that the Georgia-Florida game is coming down. And today, you know, when I address the team, um, you know, we talked about it, and there's some other protocols that are strongly recommended for uh, game time now that just came out from the league, you know, that we talked to our players about. But like the Georgia-Florida game, I told them, I said, look, you know, we have players from Georgia and Florida. Now, you know, anyone that's played and you're in that game, I mean, you want to, and you're in, it's in your hometown, you want to be there. You want to, you want to go in a locker room. You want to be around the head coach, you guys that, that you played for, or, you know, you know, you just want to represent your school because you have so much pride, you know, and I reminded the players, hey, listen, um, I'm not telling you you can't go to the game, but these are the rules that if you go, you know, you have to be in a, a, a box or a suite and, you know, you have to have, you know, your mask on at all times. You can only have 10 people around, you know, and things like that. And I think it's more of a, you know, an educational thing, um, you know, that we're trying to learn from like tonight's game. Tonight, there's two starters that are out due to contact tracing in our game. You know, um, you know, Cole and obviously uh, the outside linebacker is out, you know, for contact tracing. Yeah, I think, think that, you know, if you, you, you're trying to use those examples to explain to the players, they, it's, it's not that they've been malicious and tried to do it. These things just occur if you're, you know, if you lose focus or lose awareness of, of what your surroundings are. Now, the, the other thing I think that's interesting about, do you bring up the Florida-Georgia game? You know, hopefully the weather holds out on Saturday and the field doesn't become an issue because the, the plane surface at TIA Bank is, is outstanding. And after most dry weather games, there seems to be n- nothing damaged at all on the field. But is this something that obviously you're going to be paying attention to as you get close to Saturday, the weather, what the field conditions may be like for your team on Sunday? Yeah, I you know, we have been. And, and I'll tell you, I would really, and we don't talk about this a lot, the guys that take 
care of our fields. I really believe that anywhere I've ever been have, have are are the best at what they do. I mean, as far as how they drain, how they take care of it, the amount of pride they take in to make sure that their game field is ready for us to play. Um, it's, it's unbelievable. So, you know, they'll have an inspection at 9.30 a.m. on Sunday. They've already sent me an email. They're going to look at it, see where they're at. I'm sure right after the game, they're going to get everything done. They are the best. I, I can't say enough about them. The world's largest outdoor cocktail party. Not as large this year, though. Florida, Georgia set for Saturday at 3.30 Eastern. And then the Jaguars host the Texans the next day at 1 o'clock. Both teams at 1 and 6. On Radio Sunday, the Publix Tailgate Show kicks it off at 10 a.m. We'll hear from Jags defensive line coach Jason Rebrovich and see about the development of the Jaguars' young pass rushers and the play of Devon Hamilton last time out. At noon on the Jaguars radio network, it's countdown to kickoff. It's a one o'clock kick, and of course, after the game, Jaguars post game with yours truly, Mike Dempsey and Fred Taylor. And then your calls on the scoreboard show as NFL Network analyst Bucky Brooks joins us, hopefully after a winning result in week nine. Have a great weekend. Enjoy the cocktail party Saturday and the Jags game Sunday. Thanks for listening. I'm J.P. Shadrick, and that's all for this week. We'll catch you next week on the Jaguars Broadcast Week in Review podcast presented by TIAA Bank.